if there wasn't hope, we would have never started this podcast. Oh my gosh, that's the truest thing I think you've ever said about this podcast. Yeah, your hope. You have it. <laughs> you, I have it. And you, like a psychic vampire, keep clawing away at it. I'm trying to get it. a little piece of it. Get it. Okay, cool. Cammy, your strategy with Instagram is completely reckless. Okay? Do you see what I did? You That's posted crazy. like six months worth of work in one afternoon. In five minutes. Okay. What do you mean? That is insane. Because what are you going to do for the next six months? Well, here's what happened. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I can't believe I did that. I saw him going, I saw him going out because I was scrolling through. Yeah. And I was like, because I knew how many pieces you had. And they were all bangers. <laughs> crazy i was like no she posted two that's crazy wait she posted three no you got a string four? Oh, oh my god wait how many i know oh. it was so insane i Did was like a, good, okay i'm gonna be honest with you i was like thinking about it i was like okay i have all these pieces i can like put them up because I haven't posted anything in my wall in so long. So I was like, and I have all this new work and I think the new work is good. And I yeah. want that to be representative of my work, right? So if yeah. people go to my Instagram and they look at my Instagram, I want them to see, that's the problem, that was the problem. Yeah. So if I put up one at a time, it's just, I was just gonna be like six weeks later, you know what I mean? Like. I just wanted to be like, have a new wall. It was so crazy. I just wanted to have a new wall. That's all I was thinking about. It was like a little blitzkrieg and it was a little, I was a little sick about it to be honest. Yeah. But um, it was fun. It was fun. You know that, that the emptiness of the like when it's over. Yeah. Yeah, you really like had a show. I feel like I had a show. <laughs> <laughs> the best part too was people were posting pictures before you even saw that that didn't really happen i okay i approved that okay but i was like i didn't want to do it i didn't want them i didn't want any pictures posted because i just was getting so weird about it you're like i'm just gonna post them all yeah because i was like what the fuck am i do like what am i waiting for i know but isn't it kind of like when you're a little down and you can post the picture to Instagram and then you get to be like all these people care like, nobody cared really but look 122 people cared and they said that it was good okay I have to tell you that when crew is on Instagram like he's got a compulsive like thumb like yeah. he doesn't care yeah. he just likes everything he scroll he like just likes stuff he's so excited to have a cell phone and be on Instagram and be part of a the zeitgeist. I wanted to update you on my kiln because um, I ordered the parts. You were absolutely right. It was the relays as well as, well, okay, I called Scott I call, and I spoke to Daniel and oh. he said that the elements are good, but the relays or not so that being said it's actually one relay and he said if one relay goes you should just change all three of them because um they're the, the other two are going to go probably soon he also told me that um that in my kiln if i fired a cone six my kiln should get 400 firings which i was led to believe my entire life of electric kilns that you only get 200 firings yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't think you're going to get 400 out of it. So why would the guy at Scott tell me that? I... What does he have to gain? Okay. Scott? I, I, I like Scott Kilns a lot. Oh, you're going to fucking badmouth Scott right now. I'm in a Scott advertisement currently. I think whoever you talk to 
overestimated how long their elements will last. Maybe Daniel's new. Hi, it's Gustav Hamilton from the Ceramics Podcast. And I just wanted to take a second to say that I wasn't trying to cast doubt on the Scott Technician's estimate of 400, 400 firings per set of elements, but instead, I was just sort of talking about my experience with it. And if you're like me, you know, you might have the best intentions, but you still might fire a lot of work with soda ash on it and, you know, maybe put a bunch of wet work in a bisque kiln and... You know, even if you're like, yeah, I'll totally get the vacuum and vacuum those elements out regularly. Then you think about getting the extension cord and bending all the way down. And, you know, sometimes you just don't do it. So, uh, you know, maybe if you treat your elements, treat your elements the way that you'd want to be treated if you were an element, then maybe, yeah, you, you will get 400 firings out of it. But if you're like me... And you have the best intentions, but you never quite live up, live up to your hopes and dreams. I think you might get closer to 200. But we can hope. We can dream. Um, let me check and see if anyone else has messaged us with, no, they haven't. No. Okay. okay. Nadine um, asked us, how do you center the clay? How do you center the clay? Boy, so... Thanks, Nadine. That's scary, because she's been teaching for years, so she should really know that by now. That's true. That's true. So I told my students the other day that they should um, buy those stress balls. You know those stress balls that you squeeze in your hands? Yeah. I told them that they should buy those and use them during the week. So their hands will get stronger. I only had one semester as a college professor. And I made all my students learn how to juggle. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I and really I, wasn't expecting you to say that. I, I don't I, even... I think it helped. Like, can you like walk me through the process of how you got to that idea? Yeah, well, I didn't make it up. I wish I did. But the reason that I believed in it so much was because um, Linda Sakura, who was my professor, and Sanam Amani, who was my like department head for my one semester of college teaching, both taught would would juggle with their students and it was like I think they mostly did it as kind of like a warm-up especially for morning classes like it was nice to to get students to kind of wake up like college students to wake up a little bit at eight in the morning um, but they would also there was like an essay about different ways of learning and learning through like bodily action it had something to do with that and both Sanam and Linda are a lot smarter than me. And when they both endorsed it, I thought, yeah, I need to be doing this with my students. But the problem for okay. me I think, was we got yeah. a little too into juggling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even a little bit surprised. <laughs> because I like juggling. Because I've seen your classes. <laughs> You're like, well, we just got a little bit too into bringing food in. We just well, got a little bit into it. Nothing but taste tested brie for nine weeks straight. Um. <laughs> One time you called yeah. me. Remember when you were like, yeah, we were drinking shim. We were drinking mimosas all class. Not, I don't drink during class ever. Okay. Right. But my class. I only teach one class now <laughs> and they are really, really fun. And it's like a shell of the class that once was right now, now that they can't drink mimosas and eat cheese all class. I can't. It was so fun. Okay, so for you guys that are listening, um, that are, for you guys that are listening and for those of you who aren't listening, 
yeah. um, get back in here because Gus teaches this class at the 92Y and um, there's a there's a limit of seven seven students or nine students. There's a class limit of nine students, right? Wait, right now? Yeah. And yeah. your class is full right now. Yeah. But registration's happening and I'm just saying like the class is a blast. I've subbed for it. It's a blast. Like Gus as a teacher is so fun. Um, but go weird, back to the juggler. It's a weird class. Like you never know what you're gonna what's gonna happen in that class. The craziest thing about that class, especially before all this, was we had so many very successful like professional adults that all chose to come to the to a clay studio on their Saturday morning. And it was just so funny to watch them talk about business together. Cause it was hard. They would like talk about the stock market and you it's know, they were like, that was, that's like how shit gets done. Yeah. They were like running the banks and stuff. Like it was amazing. And also there was like, instead of going to like $150 New York city brunch, they brought, $150 worth of food to your class. <laughs> and we had... It was fucking crazy. We had a student... I mean, we've had... Their, every student in that class has been great. So the juggling, it was really fun. And we'd juggle outside. They had a nice little courtyard. We'd go outside with tennis balls. Every student would juggle. Um, and it was really... It was nice. What's in the episode? What's in the episode? Okay, so... Lou and Herb um, are a couple who live in Flushing, and they are Lou is an artist. A Lou is a mixed media artist, and she teaches ceramics at Greenwich House, and I think she works at Greenwich House as well. So, Cami, you know Lou. Lou was a student of mine at Pratt, like um, years and years ago, but she. And she was a graduate student in photography and then she decided to take ceramics. So the, the, so she just stuck with it for like, now we're into like five or six years in and she's teaching, which is so cute. Like yeah. one of my students is teaching ceramics. That's, That's bananas. And um, yeah. yeah. One of the reasons that we wanted to talk to them during this time was just that they were also trying to figure out what to do how to keep busy when we were all really stuck inside. You know, what was, you know what was so cool about it? Was that they like, they adapted so fast. And a lot of other people did too, but so many artists were all of a sudden stuck inside, couldn't go to their studio, couldn't go see art. They couldn't go to openings. And they started just figuring out different ways to interact with artists. And uh, those too seemed like they came up with a really different thing than other people. They were doing studio visits, but they were then making these collaborative paintings. At the same time, right? Yeah. Um, and they were also just picking some really cool people that I didn't know about. Another thing that I think that happened, which I think Herb talks about a little bit, is that he, he had studied painting before he became a curator, and then quarantine gave him the opportunity to like really start painting again. And um following over the last couple months his paintings are like they're actually so beautiful they're getting better and better yeah i got the feeling that he was really excited to be painting yeah me too which is like always you know i love when people i mean because even i talked about this before but i like love when people who you know make have made art or are interested in making art and then you know they get it gets away from them and then they like it, comes back and then they're like oh yeah that's this thing that's a part of my life and yeah. it's just like feels so important and it that feels more the feeling of like making art is an art like is the art you know anyway <laughs> you were out of your studio I, right before we recorded you were like when are we on and i was like as soon as possible i need to get the fuck out of my studio yeah man Yes, like as much as I'm like, as much as like having all those, all that time not making art, like having so much time. And this is like, fuck me, right? Like, fuck you, Cami Clamaco, like sitting there and like not having an idea and not knowing what to do or being stuck or being like, 
I have all this time and all I want to do is go home and play ukulele. Yeah. But I don't think that we can put this wherever we're putting this in the podcast at some point. Maybe it's not this episode, but people, artists always want to talk about how fun it is, but sometimes it sucks. And I think it's important to talk about it so that other people don't feel like they shouldn't be doing it or like they're just not as inspired or whatever. Like a lot of times it just really sucks when you're just trying to come up with stuff and then all of a sudden you have to buy another $30 thing and then that doesn't quite do the trick anyway. And then the piece is finally done and it's not as good as you thought it would be. And then you post it and nobody really cares. And then the gallery closes and then, you know, the work doesn't sell and then you send a piece to a show, but that, that piece someone is interested in now, but now it's gone because you sent it. And, but the pieces that are back are better, but you don't understand why they would want the bad piece. Like you sent the bad piece because you didn't think anyone would want it because no one wanted it for two years, you know? And now someone wants it, <laughs> now it's gone. <laughs> I mean, you have a life that people would kill for. <laughs> I know. It really, it really is like, I have the exact life that I set out to have, which is so cool. It's like nobody, yeah, people, yeah, art's so hard. Art is so hard. Making art is so hard. Being an artist is so hard. You have, there's so many like crazy decisions that you have to make. You know, like. It's such a long time being so surprised when people told me, when people would be like, yeah, I was at my studio all day. And I'd be like, you have a studio in New York? It's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's like so expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's the most like my studio is the most like you know, if you want to talk about like if you want to talk about self-care, which you know, I don't believe in, but I think that this studio my studio that I have by myself with a door is like the epitome of bullshit self-care. My my studio costs three times what my one bedroom apartment in Kansas cost. It's, you know, New York is still, I don't know. There's still like a microcosm of art in New York. Like, right. Like it's so easy to just see or run into or be around art here. Yeah. Just as part, like it's just part of the fabric of the city. I don't know. Like, cause you and I both, uh, came from like the middle of the country and there's something that does oh at least for me I mean maybe different like I, I know different people have different goals it's not like a maybe or maybe not but um like whenever I was doing stuff like I loved living in Montana and I like one of my main priorities in life is to figure out how to get back to Montana but there was always a little bit of something that thought about moving to a city that had like a bigger art scene. And um, yeah, and I, I don't know, I feel like I talked to a lot of people that are in, like especially when you talk to people in like um, medium to large cities that are where it's like, they're, they're kind of like, there's such a pull of New York that I know not everybody feels, but even like, I didn't think that I felt it, but it was definitely there. And it's it's cool to be here because it it has had such a huge impact on the art world. I mean, it for a long time was the epicenter and might still be. I'm not sure. That's arguable whether it is or it isn't. I think the epicenter of the art world is probably Instagram. However, it's uh, but that's the okay. truth. Is like you can have you can have the uh, you can have like a really nice life and not be in New York and you can have a really really hard life and be in New York I would I would, <laughs> I would wager that you could have a better life not in New York so here they are Herb Tam and Lu Zheng Herb are you back to work yet uh we're not back to the museum yet um because no New York City's 
no New York City museums have been like allowed to open. I know they just announced that August 24th is the date where you could open as a as a museum, but um, we're still holding off on deciding when to open because we're I think a little still a little worried about like second wave. Yeah, and not wanting to like invest like all this time and energy into reopening plans if if you know that's going to happen. So, but we are working. We're like really busy. Um, you know, even though we're not physically at the museum. I mean, it's getting kind of weird. Like as the summer is like closing and the second wave is getting like that we've been hearing about it and it's just getting closer and closer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Lou, are you teaching at Greenwich House? What's happening? Yeah, um, I like started my like uh, teaching uh, this summer at Greenwich House, but most all the classes for the summer is online. So I taught like a hand building class online for the summer. And um, I think it feels really different teaching online. I don't know if, if I know Cami's teaching, like I don't know if you're teaching like a material through Zoom, how does that feel? It still feels like interesting to me. It's like before you can, in a physical space, you can kind of show the steps, yeah. but then, uh, in like a virtual, you have to describe uh, what you're doing and, and how the clay react and then tell people like, oh, that's what you're, you know, trying to get rather than see this is how, if I push this way, the clay goes that way. <laughs> like that. Yeah. So it's like a descriptive in a way yeah. for the materials. It's hilarious. I think that I'm always shocked when people make something. <laughs> like I'm like I'm so nervous I'm like uh, you know I like tell them everything I could possibly say and then if it's not working like I can't there's nothing I can do it's just and there's nothing you can't you can't yeah. like oh, let me show you yeah. <laughs> so I feel like really I feel like if they make something at all I won yeah I feel like yeah. I did my job like I feel but if they don't you know someone are like struggling and you're like uh, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? And then all of a sudden there's like no other ideas. Yeah, like there's no way. So I felt like that's the interesting part for me to teach online, like in this way. But luckily I think my students, uh, like in this way, I felt like uh, because it's virtual and uh, more than like 70% of them are not from New York City. So they're from over like other states, Connecticut, Texas, like like upstate so then um because that they have like studio their own and then they're making stuff with me together so then they all came up with like a project and then they're all doing it and it's just like really different so i felt like uh, the flow is different by from in person but because it's virtual i think it expanded in this way it feels like a nicer even it's just like it's it's odd. <laughs> it's not it's, a, it's like the, uh, Yeah, I was just thinking like, don't you feel like there's like um, both like a lower um, level of expectation, you know, for things like, you know, teaching online and sort of what sort of what you can do, um, like in a class situation, like, um, you know, creating something, there's kind of a lower um, sort of bar for what like the, the teacher would expect and and maybe what like the student would expect of the teacher too mm -hmm. um and then because of that there's maybe a little bit more like resourcefulness um on the part of the student to like sort of figure it out themselves and i feel like this is this is maybe true like across the board with 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 like society in general where you know we we're now more, a little bit more able to figure out things on our own because we kind of have to. And also like there's a lower expectation level on, you know, things like, things like the, that you would ordinarily be like, oh, that's not up to, up to a certain standard or something. Yeah. You know, like Zoom public programs and all these like, did, like hitches with, you know, with the technology and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and people are just like, ah, you know, it's a pandemic. Let's, let's not like, you know, go crazy over there's, these little details, you know? There's also just like a willingness, I think, from a lot of students to try stuff that they yeah. wouldn't have because they're so bored. And yeah. 
So I found myself for the first time in my entire life, like I went to two drawing clubs online just because I, for real, had no idea how it was going to fill the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think what you're saying is so controversial because all these students are kind of suing because they're, you know, they don't feel like they're getting the same quality of information <laughs> at university level. So that mm. argument kind of, I mean, you should be, I guess you should be lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> like your argument really falls in line with that. But I was also, I, you know, I could also argue that teaching online is so much harder as an instructor, that it's so much harder that you're actually, the work is like doubled. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like both, I see both sides. Yeah. And the information, I mean, the information is the same. And I don't know. It, do you feel, Lou, like your expectation is lower? Mm, I like, I felt like, a, I felt like a, the a, uh, expectation is, is something that's always changing. Like, like, like as a teacher, then you have like a feeling of, oh, people may have lower expectation because of, you know, someone don't have studio, someone don't have facility, someone got clay, oh, yeah. but not delivered. So then they have like a, I felt like a Evarius, uh, but as a teacher, I feel like I don't force, like I don't want to force them to have higher expectation, but they do come in with higher expectation, <laughs> but then they adjust like a wow is going so like everyone's expectation right now is kind of like you yeah. know it's like a like a flow like i'm i might have higher or i might have lower but then when i see them it's kind of like oh i i see what they want and and then when they see me someone came in wanted to learn a lot of glaze but then my studio doesn't have like a like a all like a test tells for to show them because they're they're painters they want to try the ceramic so it's, they came in with like huge expectation of like trying different glazes and stuff i'm like oh i can't like like i can't do this right now i can't show you the result like everything's firing is like a like a weird timing right now so you know like then then they adjust so then they switch learning more technical stuff with like a building and like a surface design rather than color combinations at this moment so I felt like everybody kind of had to like deal with the expectations. Right, right. I think that's something that's very now. You guys tell us about the, tell us about your project. What have you been like, what have you been working on for months and months? Okay. Um, so like in March when, um, you know, the city shut down uh, and we had a lot more time on our hands, we didn't, we felt like kind of disconnected uh, from friends, definitely like everybody else. And specifically, we were wondering like what artist friends um, of ours were were up to. Um, and for some reason, we thought that the way to sort of satisfy this longing was to uh, do Instagram like live conversations with everybody, with or with people that you know we felt. Would, we have we have like a good rapport with and you know other people might be interested in hearing their stories and and we try to focus conversations like like these on um how artists were getting through the pandemic how um you know how and if they were still making um art and just what like they were going through in their daily lives um so it it started off in a very sort of um you know earnest and kind of low-key way and we invited um, uh, a bunch of people from our community um, and that's kind of how it got started. I think it started in like late March and uh, was ongoing, you know, has been ongoing and we uh, lately have taken a break from it just because we're like, we realized how busy we were both getting, how busy other people were getting and then also how much content there already is like online and that people are just, you know, maybe um, um, like, you know, there's there's a glut of, of programming, I feel like now online um, and, and on Instagram and on, you know, Zoom and so forth. So we're taking a break and kind of like looking 
looking at it, but we still want to keep doing it. It's just mm-hmm. like how to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, Cammy and I have like pretty much stopped our, we were doing virtual studio visits with people. Yeah. And it was so fun at the start. And then about a month in, all of a sudden it was really hard to get people because I think so many people were doing it. Mm. Yeah. also just really quickly stop being as much fun mm. it was fun to do it at the start but um yeah i yeah i was doing everything i could to avoid zoom for a little bit yeah makes sense i mean as podcasters i was like <laughs> i'm like as podcasters who regularly come up with new content i mean first of all it's really hard it's all like just having a podcast is a lot of work like yeah. the time that we put into this thing that doesn't you know doesn't really we just love doing it but it's really you know like hours and hours a week so there's that i so i mean we get it but also (laughs) we took a break too like especially you know you're like knocking out all this like stuff and it feels really i feel like it feels really important you know like it feels important to you know, reach out to people and communicate and like get mm-hmm. points of view. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, and it's also important that you like take a break from like what can be really an overwhelming amount of content, like yeah. producing that. And like I said, like once it becomes like stressful, it's not fun anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons we don't put out regular podcasts every week just because we can't, Maybe we just can't. Yeah, it's too much. But I think like you, but the, all of your episodes are archived yeah. on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, so people can go back and watch all the... Yeah, the early ones were on YouTube as well. So like we, because early, it was before Instagram updated uh, Instagram TV. And then, so we uh, we uh, do it and record it on phone screen and then um, made it into a little video cool. and put it on YouTube. So that's like a one archive. And then when Instagram updated the Instagram TV and it's just saved by itself. So then on Herb's, uh, Herb's uh, Instagram account, you can see the later ones. Yeah. 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 Um, so I... I watched I watched a couple of them, but one of my favorites is Christine Wang because I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, but I love she said in like in the interview she mentioned I think that I'm not sure of the exact question, but it was sort of like about collectors that buy her work. Oh yeah. And she said the best thing ever, which was people get the art that they deserve. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. How does Kemi so, yeah, know her work? How do I? Um, she shows. Who is it again? I don't know. I don't think I know the word. Christine work. Wang. She's a painter and she lives in LA. I think my friend. My she, friend she now lives in San Francisco. Uh, she it, used to live yeah. in LA. Yeah. yeah she used so to when live. I knew her, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were in a show together at Night Gallery. Oh, in LA, like uh, yeah, that gallery. I know. Yeah, and it's like 2011 or something. Mm-hmm. So we met then and like got to hang out for like a weekend. Mm-hmm. She, she's yeah. really great. Her work she, looks like memes, <laughs> but yeah. very um, uh, painted in a way that's like takes it's a like, long time. It's like a very, digital print, like subtle. Yeah. 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 Look it up. Yeah. yeah, they're you. They're really amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's been, at, go ahead. Yeah, she's been working on really large scale. Like when we did the uh, Instagram uh, visit, she showed us like this painting is like how big are they? It's like the they're dinosaurs. Like, no, something like eight, nine feet <laughs> wide, and, you know, six feet, seven feet tall. You know. They're so pretty. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty amazing. Yeah, that was an interesting conversation, the whole thing with like collectors and, mm. you know, because she's so um, kind of like away from art. She's been involved in a lot of activism around um, specifically like uh, the incarceration system and sort of um, the kind of 
abolition of uh, jail movement. Um, and of course, that leads back to like a lot of, you know, like money um, and big money. And so, you know, how that, um, how those sort of tensions play out with her own work and how she sees the art world. Yeah, I think it was a really interesting thing that we kind of, touched I think, on. yeah, only yeah. touched on, but yeah. yeah. Some of the other interviews that I had watched, I felt, I felt like you're, you like get this insight into people's lives that you were really unexpected. It's like almost, I sometimes I felt like a voyeur, you know, mm -hmm. like because I think Instagram live and your people were trapped at home. What, like, do you feel like, what do you, what's, what did you take away from, let's just call it your first season? Season <laughs> <laughs> one. Yeah, what did you take away? Um, I felt like I kind of sense Cam, what Cammy is talking about. Like, uh, there was a little subtle, um, like a like a time. It was when you know when we were going, and it everything seems uh, smooth, and all the visitors that we had was planned. But then uh, George Floyd um, killed happened, and then right at the, around that time, I think what we were planning is like mostly I think. Asian American artists and but there's other like other um, others as well and so then you know there was a very very like maybe it's like really sensitive to to even think you know like whether we should have um, have like a different race artists to talk about different uh, different things but I think at that time you know we thought about it but then at the at the end what I feel what's uh, like a correct thing to do is rather than paying attention on what their race and like in relation to their work is like to just pay attention on their work itself like if they are willing to talk about uh, whether it related or not related um that's like something that they wanted to like address mm -hmm. so for us we're, we're just only focusing on their work and then i felt like um like around that period, we had um, Herb's really um, good friend, Rafael Sando, San Sanchez. Sanchez. This artist uh, talked about his performance. And like, I was trying to look for a lot of his work online and none of them are recorded or like publicized. And he does like performance. And uh, when Herb used to work at Exit Art, like uh, they do a lot of performance artist uh, work. So I only found like a, a few of images of his performance in the archive that uh, Exit Art had um, published a book. And so then, you know, like for, for, for me to learn about this artist and to talk about this artist's work, and I was like really amazed by how much in, uh, music influenced in his um, work and poetry influencing his performance, how he kind of be the middle person that incorporate both and 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 like that part I realized you know like like there's uh there are artists that if we could really reaching out and then learn about their work um and then um uh, then you know addressing race or not race it's not I felt like a it's not upon us it's upon them like whether they want to talk about it or not yeah. So that's, so that's 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 I I learned I felt like I learned from like that that um part period of time mm. about this program season one. <laughs> Do you feel like I mean, Herb, you started painting again in quarantine? I saw. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really started with this. Um, these VSV loops, you know, these studio visits, like for some reason, because we had so much time on our hands and um, uh, we had, you know, paint supplies, um, we just decided like, instead of doing like a, a sort of designed graphic to promote, you know, um, each talk, like let's just paint something, um, uh, you know, for, for this person that we're gonna be talking to 
when and about. And so it started off like just to uh, just to promote the, the series and we worked on it together. Like at a certain point, with the third one in, like Lou and I collaborated on the painting together. And, and Trisha came in. Yeah. Trisha Baga. Yeah. And then Trisha Baga, who um, has a studio in the same uh, floor as us, uh, she came over and she was like, looked at this painting that we're making um, um, for, for, who was it for? Oh, Cole Lou. For Cole Lou. And it had a cat that we were having trouble painting. Both of us are like trying to avoid that. Yeah. And Trisha came in and said, I want to paint that cat. Yeah. So we gave her the brush and the paint. And she like went at it. And then, and then, and like eventually we took turns at painting different parts of that painting. And eventually it became this collab, weird collaborative uh, painting. And that's from then on, like that's how we worked with the other, um, you know, subjects that we we're featuring. And then that's kind of how, <clears throat> yeah, I got kind of back into painting and how we sort of started painting together. Um, yeah, are you two, like, are you making collaborative paintings now? Past the studio visits or? Mm, we are trying, but yeah. Herb's mostly painting his own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I used to paint, you know, I used to be an artist and, um, and I had this like kind of intense, period where I was like just really into making paintings and and you know now that I'm back into it like uh, I sort of get back into that sort of um, uh, that frame of mind where it's very like about this focused intense kind of loneliness of sitting in front of a painting and and like all, this, all the weird decisions you're making in your head about what to do with it like to the point where nothing else matters, you know, and it's just like, I hadn't felt that, you know, since, uh, since I stopped painting and it's been really nice. Um, but it's also like dangerous. <laughs> I feel like you were just like really summed up the studio practice perfectly there. <laughs> wow. I don't know whether to like laugh or be sick. <laughs> like I mean, thing we learned, I think. I guess with the visits is, is something I think everybody knows about artists or at least artists know about themselves is that like we're really good at being alone, mm -hmm. like really good at sort of um, using like hours and hours of time in a way that might not seem productive, but we know is productive, even if there's nothing exactly to show for it, you know, mm -hmm. um, but somehow the, somehow we we are able to see movement um in a sort of creative energy sense like when we're alone you know yeah yeah i think the quarantine for me made me because i always really prided myself on being able to entertain myself and like stay busy and be productive by myself but um not being allowed to see people really made me aware of how much I actually value my time with other people. Mm -hmm. That's true too. And it, it's been really nice to slowly kind of find that balance again. Like Cami and I are seeing each other at work now sometimes. And even though it's quick, like I saw her yesterday or the day before it, it's so nice to see people in person, even if it's just really brief, and you can only see like the top half of their face. Yeah. Uh, I had this uh, weird dream last night that mm -hmm. I like, um, I, I think I was at like a lunch or something and then some people uh, that we were meeting with like came up to us and then I like shook their hand, I, like offered my hand and shook their hand. It was like this complete, then it became like all messed up and people were like really sort of um, scared and like anxious at that point and I had to sort of apologize like in a really extreme way. You know? <laughs> that sounds like an amazing opening scene to a terrible horror, horror film. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, really quick, I accidentally, like I, I was in my studio and I'd been in my studio all day by myself and I brought snacks and stuff, but then it was like around dinner time and I needed to just like run and grab something to eat. And there's a grocery store around the corner from my studio. So I, I walked into there and I was in a really good mood because it was the first like uninterrupted day in my studio in such a long time. 
and I was just like smiling and I was listening to good music and I was walking through the produce section of the grocery store and I could just see like people like I was like smiling at people and in a really oh, no. <laughs> and I could see everybody looked panicked and all of a sudden I realized I just wasn't wearing a mask no <laughs> and they like panicked and pulled my shirt up over my face and then I get out the doors to go back outside they yeah. like, because you're, you're not allowed to go back out those doors. And I just, I didn't know what to do. And it really felt like a dream where I like woke up and was like at school and forgot to put clothes on or something. Yeah, yeah. It was like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I found going back is like an interesting way. Like also I like started going back to studio as well, like ceramic studio and I see people. And then I have this... Um, it's like a, I, I think I naturally just have like strong sense of when people's around. So when whenever someone's like talking to me, I step back right away. <laughs> or like I, I try to walk around it. So then I'm like keeping the distance rotating. And I like, a, like eventually when I sit down, I feel like my sh shoulder gets really tense. And it's not... <laughs> It's not that I'm scared of the people. I felt nice to see people, but then I don't know why. I'm just doing all these weird like jumps or walk around, like, like walking mm -hmm. into circles of them so I can keep. What's next for both of you? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm getting really busy with the museum stuff. Um, and there's a bunch of projects we're doing that I'm like uh, overseeing. Uh, one of which is um, our exhibitions along our storefront windows. Um, so even though people won't be able to go inside the museum for for a while, we're still going to do um, exhibitions that are, you know, accessible to everybody who kind of like is passing by the, the museum. Um, and we feel like that's important to, you know, for our community because um, I think the symbolism of the museum is important. Like even even if people can't come inside, like it's important that the museum like remains active um, and remains uh, like a place that is um, where people can can go to and you know where they can sort of um, um, try to understand what's going on right now, what's how it connects to history, how it connects to um, culture and and like what like we as a society are going through so um you know that's an important thing i'm i'm working on right now yeah that sounds pretty important <laughs> um and then lou what about you what are you working on um, right now um i'm kind of like like slowly working to I actually got a grant um, from Queen's Art Council for this year yeah, that I thank you yeah it was really I was really appreciate because um I actually proposed a video project that um, will be showing in a dim sum place and then now because and then this video project will be like going into different um, people who lives in Flushing and like about their life and then like because of the pandemic happened it kind of just got put away that um you know like i couldn't um interview people or go going in like a document their life and then eventually the restaurant right now is not you know happening indoors as well <clears throat> and so it kind of like i like kind of put it away because i was just shocked like how am i going to approach this project but then later on i think you know since I'm seeing how people, you know, how, like, I felt human has this uh, ability of adapting a new environment. So, like, I see people are doing, you know, restaurants doing delivery and people's like working, like, they just find a way to work. And then to me, that's something about flushing is like really, um, you know, survivable. Like, it's, it's worse to document. Like, it's different than I thought that I would document. Um, but then I think right now is an interesting time to kind of just see how people adapting the new environment. So I think, I don't know if I can show in a dim sum place at the end of the year, but I, uh, I do wanted to approach this project. So I'm slowly like 
getting back into like this project. And I still wanted to paint <laughs> with her and Trisha. Yeah, we're we're definitely gonna keep that going. Continue yeah. the and then, yep. and yes, yeah. Well, maybe you can have Herb also take your ceramics class. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I force him. He doesn't want. <laughs> he has done once. I feel like he's he'll be really good. Maybe we can you know collaborate some painting project right right i think it's a if it's a collaborative ceramic project like i could do it i think what makes a collaborate a collaborative eh, collaborate uh nice is like you can um you can avoid your uh, weakness and yeah. get into your like you like hold on to your um yeah, you know your strength right yeah, yeah. I love this. I love this story so much. I love that you know, like, you're like, oh yeah, making all these collaborative paintings, and then you're like, no, I'm making my own now. <laughs> you're like, yeah, just like dip your toe in it, and then be like, okay, well, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We'll have to shower in first. Yeah, we helped you. Like we like rise. <laughs> That's awesome. The only other last thing, the story of how you guys met. Oh, <laughs> I love this story so much. Tell us oh. how you met. Hey, where did we start? Yeah, like I don't, I don't remember the story at all. I just remember <laughs> that I wanted it to be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you said that. Well, how did? Oh yeah, it was when I was still at school, and um, um, like. I took a semester off and I came back. Um, at that time, I actually took Kami's class. It was like a start for my ceramics. Like, and then I took a semester off and I went to and like went back to China. I visited Kami in uh, Jingdezhen at that time. It was my parents. Mm -hmm. That's when awesome. I, yeah, the, the <laughs> half year off. So when I came back, like all my thesis were like ceramic sculptures at that time. And I was also taking uh, the dual major, art history major. So um, you were a photo. You were yeah, a, I was a yeah, photo you, student. Yeah, yeah. So that's a totally at Pratt. You were at Pratt, and that's like a totally different school, right? Like, yeah, photo is different. Like a and I'm photograph. So like I was making a lot of sculpt, uh, ceramic sculpture with undergrad because the grass uh, grad school doesn't have sculpt uh, ceramic major only right. um, only undergrad. So then they thought I was an undergrad ceramic major. <laughs> That's how much time I was in ceramic studio. <laughs> so I had a half year break and then they end up like all my uh, season show or ceramic sculptures. It all started from Kami actually. Like I will remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at that time I like had a do major art history like because I took so many like art history courses at that time. And my teacher um, at that time was Herb's uh, fr best friend. And then, um, so because my ceramic, uh, my thesis was ceramic, uh, mainly ceramic sculpture, so I told him to check it out. So when her at that time, Herb was looking for a ceramic artist, so he just told him to check out my work. So I, when I was still at school, Herb did a studio visit with me. And then after that, we just like lost, lost touch for, yeah. like for like a half a year i think yeah i was working on a show about um chinese food for which i was looking for um ceramic artists to like make uh sculptures for the for the exhibition and i've done a bunch of studio visits with people and just wasn't right like their work wasn't like they themselves maybe as artists like didn't, didn't feel like there was uh, a sort of flexibility with how they worked that I felt like this project needed. So then, um, you know, I asked my friend Corey um, if he knew any ceramic artists and he recommended Lou. So I did a studio visit and I was like, like I, I was sort of convinced that, you know, as an artist, she could, she could work on this project. Um, but then like, as what happens with a lot of projects, like, you know, things like sort of stall or whatever. And, <laughs> 
you know, other like things take priority. So yeah, there was like a lot of, there was like a long period where there was like no communication about the project at all, <laughs> even though it was like really intimate. And then, um, and then yeah. one day I was taking the train going uptown or downtown. Like, like I was going to school, her was going to work. And then we just like kind of like saw each other on the train and there was nobody on the train. It's just him and, and me. And then at that time I was like, that person looks familiar, but he's like dressed up in a really weird way. He had a, <laughs> a suit pants but then a basketball sneaker and with a cap on. And I was like, why? <laughs> so I, had, I couldn't recognize that was him. And then um, right when he was about to get off and like he like started walking towards me and I was like, why is coming? <laughs> at that time, I still couldn't recognize him. And then he like waved at me and I look at him. I was like, Oh, <laughs> you're the uh, the one that the studio wizard was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like after that, we we met um, about the project, and I was like, I was also like, huh, I feel like she's really interesting, and I'm kind of like attracted to her as well. And so I don't know. It was kind of like a little bit ongoing. Yeah, ongoing and a little bit like sort of tentative with with both things you know what i mean mm. um she wanted being in the show and then after that then we, it's it's kind of like when we really sort of got together yeah yeah um, and then you put her in the show yeah yeah the show happened <laughs> that show happened, <laughs> that, show that, happened. Sh that show is actually really amazing it's like my most proud show so i have to say i admire him as a curator at that time like i learned something <laughs> from him because um, me and another artist, Heidi Lau, worked yeah. on the show. Yeah. yeah. And I was really lucky. Like, we, I met Heidi because of that time. Because I don't know her work before. Or I saw her work. I don't know her. And her was like, oh, can you guys talk and meet? So then we both meet. And the reason later on we discovered is because I'm from northern China. And so for a lot of cuisine, uh, from northern China, I like understood uh, well. And then Heidi's from uh, Macau, so it's like a even south more like more south than Hong Kong. And so she's very very familiar uh, with the southern uh, cuisine in China. So then because of that, we both like discover talk, and then that show features a lot of um, chefs from different regions of China, and they studied. Uh, different regions of uh, Chinese food that entered American and adapt different states of, um, you know, American food cooking. So it's not only from Chinese food and it's how, you know, Chinese food adapt American cooking, like, like Southern cooking. There's a, a chef from Southern, they like cook really interesting combination of both ways. So then in that way, you know, ceramics interpret, inter like, me and Heidi were like ongoing talking the conversation of how material can approach uh, Chinese cooking. It's really interesting because ceramic, you know, you cook, um, you cook high fire, low fire, you know, um, pit firing, wood firing, get, like gas firing, electric, like, and then you stir fry, you you steam, you, you braise, and you like long time boiling, like, it's like a, that's how it enter. And then with glaze, you know, you use, um, soy sauce, chili pepper, <laughs> you know, like different colors. Yeah. And, then, um, and then with, you know, the structure, I remember I, I made a sculpture that has the glaze run and run a lot. So I like added flux in it. So then the glaze run a lot. And that uh, dish is from Yunnan, like Southern, uh, Southwest China. And the way they cook it is they have a pot, inside a pot and they boil. And there's a hole in the middle of the pot. So then when they boil the water, the water boils and then comes up and then runs down, cook the chicken around the inside the little pot. So then the glaze runs, you know, like runs into like the surrounding mushrooms that are created. Like we, we all had a really interesting approach, like me and Heidi. Mm -hmm. I found like in terms of by being understanding of how different regional cuisine from China that uh, incorporate that part into ceramic. I have really fun, like the best time working <laughs> with ceramics. <laughs> and I love cooking too. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. That came out of that project were like incredible. Um, I was so happy with with um, the you know the work that came out of it. Yeah, and then up on the curator side is like they expanded the whole ceramic into like a large dinner table and it has lazy susan the chinese turntable yeah. so then the visitor can go in and turn around and look different regionals like ceramic and cuisine the text next to it it's like um like i'm happy for the show <laughs> that's great that's exactly like that's like home that's like home right yeah. yeah the lazy susan is like i remember when i was in china you're just like, what? look at the lazy Susan. Yeah, it's like family style, you eat this way. So then the huge table, it was like exhibit those um, Chinese food um, ceramics mm -hmm. in this way. It was really like, I think it's a good touch. It was inspired by the um, Judy Chicago, you know, dinner party yeah. project. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Gus is saying, uh, yeah, the Judy Chicago project is like amazing. And it's like so great that we, c you know, it's like available to see all the time. It's like wonderful. I know. Yeah. I love working like blocks away from it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Over there. Yeah. Wow. Can't wait to go back into the Museum. Brooklyn Museum at some point. <laughs> um, so I guess. Uh, is there anything you guys want to, any last things do you want to talk about? Anything we didn't cover? Is there anything that you want to, that's important I, that you feel? Um, I, I felt like, a, I think, like go back to the uh, expectation thing that we were talking about for, you know, teaching ceramic class. Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. students get in. I, I feel like, like how, like, how I wanted to kind of address, you know, like the current feeling is like, I can't, like, I feel like we all kind of have to adjust ourselves, like our expectations constantly, like based on current situation. Cause then, you know, nothing is really settled. So I felt like it's like a, a the Zen, like the Chinese philosophy is like you, you don't locate yourself in any place you kind of keep yourself flow and where it and where it lands it lands so then I felt like for for everything that's happening right now like that's how you know I feel I don't know how to locate myself to any feeling to any plan to any like like expectations but but by being in this floating situation that's where I can actually keep it going and keep it moving. Like that's mm -hmm. how I feel. Yeah. You guys, this was the this was so fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thank you, both. Thank you, Gus. Thank you, um, Kenny. Yeah. yeah. And it's I'm gonna, fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and Gus, you were great. Thank you. I like that you can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds nice. Um <laughs> Literally, while we were doing this, the, one of my pieces just fell, like yeah, fell off. I was wondering what that noise was. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? And then it just like fell oh, off again. I didn't hear that. I heard it. Okay? Oh, no. no. It's no luck. No oh, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's oh. clay. Whatever. I'll live. Um, all right. See you guys, on, see you guys around. Um, okay. I hope to see you, you soon. Yeah, yeah. visit you. Yeah, visit yeah. you guys. Yeah. Thanks again. Thank Gus. Kim. What do you think about Herman Liz? What do you think about the What do you think about the podcast? What do you think about this podcast? In general. Um, I don't know if we have time for the outro, but I will say uh, I had a great time talking to Herb and Lou, and I like that Herb's painting again. Yeah. Yeah, you can follow them, Herb Tam, on Instagram. Oh yeah. 
at today and we should always do that um, um it's herb at herb tam and at wet dreams never end um is lu Zhang's instagram and um you there's links there should be links in the episode so you'll get an idea and you guys gus this was real this was a real fun this was a real fun trip it's good to talk to you again been a while yeah it actually has been a little bit yeah it yeah. feels like it's been a long time but i don't know if that's true yeah it's been like five days when we really since we really sat down it's been like three weeks i think yeah we're good this has been a minute follow us on instagram at the ceramics podcast we're posting a lot these days so we, keep up we we post you know how i did that post bomb on last weekend of like six posts in a row that's how many posts that the ceramics podcast past did this year i did six posts on a day Try pretty close, but it's early in the year still, so yeah. we'll pick it up towards the end. Totally. Doesn't it um, feel early in the year? Jeez. Yeah, it does. It feels like it's so weird. This year sucks. This year is just like weird. I don't know. It's like, what do you do with it? Where do you put it? Um. Okay. Follow us. Like us. Leave feedback. I don't know if you want send to. A message. Oh yeah. Send us here. Yeah, we want to hear stuff. We want to know stuff. We want news. We want um, hot goss. Yeah, hot goss. And also, we want to know like if you have any questions that we can answer. Probably, you know, Google. You can Google it, but yeah, Google it. Google it. Go vote. Oh yeah, you got to do that. Totally. Don't be an asshole. Vote for Joe Biden. Wait, that yeah. sounded bad. Don't be an asshole, comma. <laughs> Vote for Joe Biden. Perfect. That's way better. That makes more sense. All right. Well, Gus, this was fun. And then I guess I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, bye.